Today we will meditate on the text from Colossians chapter 2, verse 14, which says, Blotting out the handwriting of ordinances that was against us, which was contrary to us, and took it out of the way, nailing it to his cross. Today we will meditate on that text. Keep your Bible open uh, to this passage. First, we will discuss the handwriting of ordinances, what it is and why it is so terrible. Then we will, dis- we will focus on examining its effects on our relationship with God, namely separation. And lastly, we will talk about how this handwriting is nullified in our favor. So, first of all, Let's focus on the handwriting of ordinances. When a person commits a crime, the law takes note of that crime and records it in the name of the criminal. It is written down in a document or handwriting that this person has committed the said crime and he is pursued to be punished for it. That's what the handwriting of ordinances is. Every sin, every small offense we have committed has been recorded in the court of God's justice. The Supreme Judge has a record of every wicked deed and every insult we have done to His name. Every sinful thought or intention is exposed before his eyes and engraved in the heavenly criminal records. God holds onto this onto this handwriting of ordinances. And God will tirelessly work until every crime written there has been justly punished. And here lies the problem with the handwriting of ordinances. It is in the hands of the God of the Bible, a just and avenging God. If it were in, on on the hands, if this handwriting of ordinances were in the hands of an unjust God, we could hope to give something in exchange for our freedom, like many attempts today. We could try to offer our attendance at public worship, our tithes, our sporadic acts of service. We could present our good works or special offerings as a currency for His forgiveness, hoping that the judge would simply hide the opposing handwriting, and declare this person is free of guilt. But just the thought that the true God, the righteous judge, would accept such a bribe is an insult to his name. The king of justice will not be bought or pervert justice for a meager pile of good works. Instead, he will give to each person according to their deeds. 
each act will be repaid with its due measure. Every violation of divine law will be punished justly by the judge. Every offense will be recompensed by the supreme ruler of the universe. The most alarming aspect of this handwriting of ordinances is this. It is in the hands of a just God who will not rest until his word is bathed in the blood of the guilty. Dear friend, the reality of this handwriting should be enough to make everyone, anyone tremble. If God has a record of all our offenses and He is just, isn't that terrifying? Unfortunately, it is not so for those, for those who have not opened their eyes to the reality of their deplorable condition. There are people who have not yet grasped the depth of their wickedness or the seriousness of their sin. We can warn them about this handwriting of ordinances and the righteous God who holds it in his hand, ready to enter judgment against them. But they will continue on their way undisturbed, as placidly as ever, without any turmoil in their hearts. Why? Because if you tell a righteous man, one who has never committed a crime, that the law is looking for him, he will not be the least bit concerned. However, if you tell someone who has filled the their life with crimes and corruption, that the law, that they, they will be greatly, that the law is looking for him, they will be greatly distressed. And that is the problem with these men. They believe they have not committed any crime, or at least not worthy of, none worthy of, condemnation and with that in their minds they go forth full of peace they think that there is nothing against them in the handwriting of ordinances that God will just look at it and say this man only had a few stumbles along the way nothing in it no, nothing really bad let him enter into the eternal kingdom they think in their hearts, they think, if God, just thought, if God is just and He have a record of my wor works, well, that's good. Then surely He will reward me for my efforts. Yes, God is just. Yes, He has a record of your works. But moreover, you are considered in that handwriting as a wretched and unforgivable criminal. You are regarded by the Supreme Judge as a lawbreaker. Scripture clearly teaches us that there is not a single righteous human being. There is no man who performs deeds worthy of divine reward. 
the only reward that God owes to humanity is eternal condemnation. Understand this, so men, that even the record of the most pious gentleman, gentleman's deeds on earth makes him deserving of eternal fire in the holy eyes of God. The day the most righteous of all men takes his first step into the grave without knowing Christ, he will be punished as severely as the worst and most despicable criminal by the great and just judge. The purest of individuals is regarded by this king as a vile offender. If this is so, now imagine that the same judge looks at you through the record of all your offenses. Do you think you will fare well on the day when he decides to judge you by your actions? Do you believe that you will find favor when the day of judgment arrives and your actions are weighed before him? Certainly not. And that is why the handwriting is against us. The handwriting accuses us, pointing and saying, He is guilty. It exposes our most hidden and intimate sins before the holy God. Like a sign above each of us lifted up before the Lord and declaring, He committed the crime, He sinned, He deserves punishment. It screams in the, in the ears of the judge, O oh Lord, raise your sword and bring justice to the earth. Shed the blood of these wretched sinners and appease your wrath upon them. So secondly, let's see the effects of this handwriting of ordinances in our relation with God. The significance of this handwriting is so great that it stands in, as the barrier between God and us, making it necessary to remove it in order to have access to God. There was a time when God walked this earth as vividly as we walk out of our houses and strolled together, strolled through the streets. God called, and men came to meet him, to listen to his voice and to delight in his presence. However, today God is not is, is so distant from the human experience that some even dare to doubt his existence. We are not designed to live without the voice of God guiding us and without his pressing presence filling us. Yet, undoubtedly, there is a tremendous separation between God and us today. What is the reason for this? The biblical text we find ourselves in tells us that the handwriting of ordinances is that which stands in the middle 
between God and us, keeping us apart. It's like an impenetrable wall of ba- or a vast abyss impossible for man to cross. Some people believe that the amount of sin or piety determines the closeness or distance from God. So they think the days or seasons or days or seasons when they are engaging in good works, reading the Bible and praying are times when they are closer to God, while in times when they give in to their sins and neglect the reading of the Bible and prayer, they are further away from God. Such is an idea, it's a human idea, because the Bible does not give any indication of it. Scripture reveals something very different. It says that human beings are completely separated from God as long as this handwriting of ordinances that is against us remains in between, between God and us. We could pray the longest and most heartfelt prayers. We could memorize the Bible and passionately preach it and perform all the best possible acts in accordance with God's law. Yet, we would not be a single inch closer to God than before. Because our distance or closeness to God is not based on the acts we perform. But but on the simple fact that we are guilty of sin. And that handwriting exposes our guilt before the king. For that is what the handwriting of ordinances proclaims in big letters. Guilty. Guilty. God does not need anything more to withdraw His presence and completely separate Himself. The fact that we are guilty of sin, whether it be one or a thousand sins, renders us utterly unacceptable before the Father. Consider this, my friend. How many and how terrible were the sins that were necessary to separate Adam from his perfect communion with God. His perfect communion with God. Just one. One sin. And, and that was merely eating from the f- fruit of, the, of a tree. Something we would consider as nothing terrible. The Bible does not fall short of examples of men who did nothing apparently terrible, but only approached God with a minor offense. offense, And God responded by wiping them from the face of the earth. What do we see there? It is not about degrees of goodness or wickedness. If you intend to set foot in the presence of the Holy God, you need perfect righteousness 
and holiness. If you think of approaching with a stain, no matter how small it may be, I assure you that God will not be understandable. God will not say, oh well, what's a little bit? No. The pure eyes of the king will not tolerate even a speck of corruption entering to the whole of his throne. For tolerating such, such infamy would be equivalent to tarnishing his name. And consider this. The day the Holy God becomes tainted with a stain, no matter how minimal it may be, he will cease to be holy. And if we believe that God will never cease to be holy, then we believe that he will never accept anything less than perfect holiness before him. So if the handwriting of ordinances records even a small and insignificant sin, it is enough to make you unworthy of eternal life and deserving of an eternity in the unquenchable fire. That is why this handwriting separates us from God. If such a document were to be removed, if guilt were to be carried away, if our iniquity were, were to be paid, then the wall would be taken away and the path cleared. But how will this be possible? How? In the cross of the Calvary, in the death of the Son of God, in the sacrifice of Golgotha, on that day, on that wooden cross, the curse of the handwriting was nullified and the terrible indictment was removed from our midst. How? By being nailed to the cross of Christ. God cannot leave sin unpunished because He is just. The sins recorded, recorded in your name in the handwriting of ordinances, each and every one of them must be punished by God. Many have taken the idea that God is love and interpreting it uh, or misinterpreting it they have created a false image of who the Lord truly is. It is true that God is love. It is true that He is merciful. But it is equally true that He is just. And that is, and that is something that modern Christianity has forgiven. In His justice, God must punish every sin. Failing to do so would contradict his justice and insult his righteousness. For how, how would we call a judge who does not condemn criminals? Or what opinion would we have of a king 
who overlooks violations of the law. Corrupt. So unless we are willing to call the king of kings corrupt, we must believe that he has not he he cannot leave sin unpunished. He cannot. Someone may ask, if God cannot leave sin unpunished, what about the sins of the children of God? Will they also be punished? Well, unless we want to start worshiping a corrupt God, God, we must say yes. Even the sins of the children must also be punished. Because every, every sin, without exception, must be punished. So that, so that the justice of the king is not twisted. But here, here is the most glorious part of the gospel, my brother. For all of us who are in Christ, who have been united with him, for, for all of us who are in Christ, our sins have already been punished. And they were punished in the Son, in Jesus Christ. When the Son of God lay on that cross on earth, God, the great judge, decided to bring just judgment upon our sins and finally repay every transgression. Yes, until that day, the king had been patient with his treacher treacherous subjects. We. The judge had postponed the judgment of the criminals. But no more. The day of the cross was the day of judgment. On that day, at, at that very moment, the handwriting of ordinances the legal record of your faults, of my faults, was brought unto God's court and displayed before the gaze of the holy judge. The righteous fury and indignation of the Lord instantly ignited upon seeing so many rebellions in that document. Your rebellions my rebellions, as his, as his holy eyes scanned each sin recorded there, the fervor of his wrath grew tremendously. The avenging God raised his sword to shed the blood of those wretched ones. But something marvelous happened. The strike of that sword the blue of, of, of vengeance, the punishment for your sins and my sins was inflicted not on you, not in me, but in that man hanging on that cross. Every sin recorded in the handwriting, not a single one omitted. Every time you transgress against God, God's holy law, Every act of betrayal and offense committed by you and by me was punished by 
God in the Son. You violated the law and He paid the price. So after that, after that glorious and dreadful display of justice and love, the handwriting of ordinances no longer had power over any of us. That document which cried out for the blood of the guilty had been satisfied with the blood of the only innocent when he was declared guilty on the cross. The record of our offenses no longer accused or reproached us. It no longer pointed us out as debtors or shouted in the judge's ears for justice to serve against us. Because on that day of the cross, the same handwriting accused Christ of our sins, blamed Christ for our faults, and the punishment for our transgressions was applied to the one who did not deserve it. In this way, and only in this way, the handwriting of ordinances could be removed, clearing the path to the Father. And it was taken to the cross, where it was nailed and will never raise again to cry out for our blood. The way is open. Glory shines upon our faces at last. Nothing can separate us now from His glorious presence and tender love. But listen to me carefully. It is still possible that you remain guilty in the eyes of the judge. Because God has decided to apply this nullification of the handwriting only through faith in Jesus Christ. So, unconverted man, sinner, come to, come to Christ and cling to Him in faith and repentance. Come to Christ and there will be no lack of forgiveness for you. From the cross and from the sacrifice, this blessing flows to us. You don't have to be debtor anymore. You don't have to live in fear of divine punishment. There is no need to continue as fugitive. The debt, debt is paid. The handwriting is annulled. The path is clear. There's no wall of separation. Although we, were, we are traitors, we can approach the king as innocent. Believe this, and this will be your delight every day. Because the only thing that made us guilty, the handwriting of ordinances, was taken to the cross and nailed there once and for all. Amen.